Welcome to the Attorney Marketing Mastermind Podcast, where we're all about practical strategies and practical thinking about your law firm marketing so that you can get return on investment for both the time and money you spend on marketing your practice. Hi, I'm Nicole Whip, and I'm your host. And in this episode two, we're going to start talking about the seven critical things that you must do before you spend another dollar on your marketing or advertising. Now, just in case you're the kind of person that likes to skip to the end, I will tell you right here that if you want to download this report in its entirety, you can visit attorneymarketingmastermind.com forward slash 002. That's attorneymarketingmastermind.com forward slash 002. And you can get all seven of the tips in my report there. But today I am going to talk about the very first tip, which is the fact that you need to discover and then focus your marketing on your biggest check client. Now, what is this all about and why is it so important? One of the things that when I am working with my mastermind clients and my coaching clients, I always ask them is which clients pay you the most money? And while this might sound like a very simple question, I am consistently amazed at how few attorneys really know the answer because it isn't just the case type that I'm talking about. It isn't just like what kind of cases are coming through the door that pay you the most money. It's who are the clients that are paying you the most money and what about them is consistent? What about them is a commonality? And How do you speak to that client in a way that compels them in ever-increasing numbers to come to your office? Because I want you to understand that there's almost no circumstances where you're not going to find commonalities. You will always find commonalities among the types of clients that result in the highest checks for you and your firm. And it's really important to know that if you're not focusing on your highest check clients with your marketing, you are leaving big, big money on the table. And so to give you a specific example of that, I want to share some numbers with you that many, many years ago now, when I really started to actually start making some money in my practice, this is, you know, after messing around for a year or two, I started making some money. And then at the end of that year, I went and reviewed my numbers. And I want you to know that when I first started this review, I believed something that wasn't true. And I'm going to tell you what that is in just a minute. But I want you to understand that I had made an assumption that was just based on my perception of the workload and wasn't based on data. And this is one of the reasons why I will tell you time and time and time again that data drives everything. But this is what I discovered in that year. And this is what I want you to understand. And this is why this is so important. So in that year, I had about, I had not about, but I had 30 clients of a specific case type that resulted in $64,100 of revenue. So that was a per client average of $2,137 for that case type. 
I had another 17 clients in a different case type that resulted in $97,000 of revenue. And so for that case type, I had a per client average of $5,705. And then I had a third case type that I had 30 clients that I had total revenue of $166,000. $250. And so that resulted in a per client revenue of $5,542. Now, the thing that I was mistaken about was that I had believed up until I actually looked at the numbers that that first 30 clients, that average revenue of $2,000 per client, um, client revenue, that I had more of those and I was making more money from them. And the reason I believe that when I looked back on it in hindsight was because I did as much, if not more work for that case type and that client type as I did for the other client types. In fact, the amount of effort I had to spend to get that $2,000 client was the same, if not more, than I had to do for the average revenue of $5,000 per client, client type. And so what I learned first and foremost, so the first aha I had, and this is part of the reason why I'm telling you that you need to go through this exercise, is that I realized that my perception of where I was making my money was inaccurate and where my perception of where I was spending my time and effort and the value of that time and effort was mistaken. And only in looking at the data was I able to discover the truth. But additionally, what it made me do is really realize that I had a very big opportunity to start focusing on the clients that were $5,000 per um, client type as opposed to this $2,000 per client type and that I could go with half the amount of clients and make more money by just focusing on this other client type. And then the third thing I realized, by the way, was that in my last client type, I could actually significantly increase the revenue by changing the model by which I delivered the service. And so what happened as a result of that for me was the following year, I focused my marketing very specifically on the two higher revenue client types. I focused on revamping the model by which I delivered the third client type service to increase the average revenue from $5,000 to $10,000. I was able to double that revenue for that client type. And I was actually able to double my revenue in the following year. So by just doing that, and I had less clients and I worked less. If you recall, and one of the previous episodes, I said to you, the thing about it is that with lawyers, we only can make money really for most of us in one of two ways. We either increase our revenue per client or we get more clients. And so many of you are focused solely on getting more clients. 
What I want you to understand is that you need to identify and focus your marketing on your biggest check clients. Because in that simple exercise, you can vastly increase your revenue, which is the real reason why you think you need more clients, right? You aren't wanting more clients for the sake of, you don't want to work more. You're not trying to get more clients just for the sake of having more clients. You want to get more clients because you believe it's going to make you more money. What I want you to understand is there's a simpler way. There's an easier way. And the way is focusing on the clients that actually bring the revenue into your firm more efficiently and more productively. And for most of you, the reality of the matter is, is that you enjoy working with those clients more anyway, because low dollar clients are, in most small practices, not the fun or interesting or easy to deal with clients. They're demanding, they're difficult, they um, don't appreciate us, and there's a lot of things about that type of client that it runs consistently true across all industries, not just the legal industry. But it's just really getting focused in on these numbers that can make a big difference to you. So one of the things that I want to challenge you to do, remember, I said that this is practical strategies and practical thinking. And so the way that you're going to get the value out of this episode is to go and take my challenge and go and do the work. And what the work I'm challenging you to do today is to go back into your client database and over the last six months or last year, look at your top 10 revenue clients. What type of cases are you making the most money on? So make a list, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, you know, Bill Smith, whatever, whatever the, the client's names are, write them down, write down the revenue. And then imagine if you could just attract that type of client and see what you would need to do to keep your revenue exactly where it is right now or to double your revenue next year, because it's more likely than not that you only need a handful of those high revenue clients to stay at the same or double your revenue next year. So do the math exercise. And then finally, I want you to really start to think about those clients in a very specific way. I want you to think about them. What is it about these clients? What are the, what are the commonalities between them? What makes them similar? What makes them different? Um, but most importantly, what makes them similar? Now, why do I want you to do this? Because when we think about marketing, good marketing, the best marketing, is the difference between being generic and being specific. If you call yourself, for example, a general practice attorney, and you, well, let me put it this way. Imagine that you're going out into the ocean and you are trying to go fishing. And then you drop a net into the ocean, some giant net, and you just suck in all of the things that you can suck in and pull that net up. Well, what's going to be inside that net? There might be some premium fish, the fish that you wanted, but there's also going to be plastic, garbage, trash, inedible fish, other types of sea creatures that you weren't trying to get, right? You're just capturing all of the stuff in your net, by the way, including the trash and the junk. Compare this to now you're going to go out and go fishing. You're going to look. 
Where is the place that I can catch this premium fish that I want to catch? What is the bait that I need to put on the hook or other type of instrument that would be appropriate for catching this fish? What is the thing that I need to do to get this specific fish? This is the difference between generic marketing and specific marketing as well. I don't want you and you don't want you to be throwing out this giant wide net and capturing anything that you can, including the junk. Because the junk, guys, the junk is what wastes our time, makes us spin our wheels, makes us sit in our office, talk to people, be on the phone, burning the you know midnight oil over things that are not worth our time to be doing that for, right? I mean, one of the things that I always tell my staff, I don't need to tell them this now, but I used to tell them is, I would much rather sit at home and make no money and be with my family than sit in the office and make no money and be working my butt off, right? I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about here. So we don't want to be doing generic marketing. The first step then is to discover, okay, who are these clients? And then think about them. What are the commonalities? Do they share similar political views, for example? I mean, I want you to really get out there and dig deep. Are they, do they have similar money mindsets? Do they have similar family structures? Do they care about certain causes? Um, that are similar? Are they the type of people? What is their personality type? You know, I'll give you an example for me. So I am personally sort of a kind of live life and, you know, grab life by the horns and go for it and, you know, do all the things and just enjoy life as much as you can. That's, that's who I am as a person. That's part of my personality. Funny thing though is, is most of my best clients are not like me. And while I enjoy clients that are like me, I enjoy spending time with them. They're cool people. I find them to be fun because we're, we're similar in that respect, right? But the reality is that type of personality is not necessarily, in fact, it is not at all my best client personality type. My client's personality that is the highest revenue clients for me are people that are very cautious. They have spent their lives trying to dot every I and cross every T. They're fearful of the potential pitfalls of the bad things that can happen to them in the future. They are, they have all those th sort of character traits in common. But then on the other hand, they're also people that very, very family oriented. They raised children together. They, most of my clients are been married to the same person their entire life. Not all of my clients, but my best clients, they've been married 40, 50, 60, sometimes even 70 years to each other, right? I mean, in this day and age, that's quite unusual. They are, you know, they have their same kids. They, their kids are professional. They're very well educated. This is my client base. The point that I'm making is, is that's these are the kinds of things that I want you to be looking at for your client base, because certainly, um, unless you practice in the same market areas I do, and you have the exact same type of clients as I do, your client base is not going to look like mine. Oh, and you have the same practice, right? So your client base isn't going to be the same as my client base. You need to look at what your clients are. You need to be like, what are their personalities? What are their characteristics? What kinds of money do they have? Do they own their home? Et cetera, et cetera. And then when you can start getting down as many of these commonalities as possible, 
no matter how irrelevant they may seem, I want you to still write them down. So this is part of the next part of the challenge. Find out who they are, then start looking and thinking. Think about your business, guys. Think about your law practice as a business. This is entrepreneurial thinking. This is what I'm talking about. And who are these clients? And this is marketing thinking. Who are these people? What do they care about? What drives them? What motivates them? What do they have? What do they like? Write those things down. Make a list of it. Because this, by the way, is the basis for how you are going to start structuring your marketing when you're trying to leverage your marketing to give you both time freedom and money freedom. When you speak directly to people about the things that they care about and that they know that the marketing is for them. You're not throwing out that big, big, big net. You're baiting the hook with a specific bait that is going to be attractive to them, right? Then is when you will catch them and you will catch them much more efficiently and effectively than you would have done otherwise. So those are my challenges for you with this very first seven things that you must do before spending another dollar on marketing or advertising is to discover who your biggest check clients are and then start working on the commonalities that are relevant to them. Now, once again, if you want to download the entire seven critical things that you must do report, feel free to visit attorneymarketingmastermind.com forward slash 002, where you will have not only the show notes for this episode, but you will be able to press the button that's going to lead you to the download for that report. I do, like I said in my previous episodes, welcome feedback requests and questions. I would love to get them from you. I really do value what you guys think. And I do want to know what it is that I can even be of greater assistance to you in doing because it's really important to me that we change the legal profession to be more entrepreneurial minded. I want lawyers to have a much better quality of life than they currently do. I would love that if you want to be more like me and work way less and be able to pursue the things in life that matter to you outside of work, that you're able to do that. And if you love to work and that's all you want to do, but at least you're working with the clients that you want to. Okay. So whatever matters to you, that's what I want for you to be able to do. And that's one of the best things that marketing, great marketing can give you. Until next time, we're going to the second critical thing in my next episode. I look forward to doing this with you. Let's mastermind. It.